And now, here they are, the Beatles! Hi, I'm Justin Shears, and welcome to Only a Northern Song. In this series, I'll be exploring the words and the music of the Beatles, but not through the usual tracks that we all know so well. I'll be delving into my extensive collection of outtakes, home recordings and demos, alternate mixes and interviews, to shed some new light on lesser-known aspects of the Beatles' recorded legacy. And here we are again for another half hour of the 1963 sound with the Beatles. That's John Lennon, George Harrison, Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr. And who are you, my man? I thought you'd never ask. My name's Rodney Burke. Thank you very much. It's your fault. In 1963, the music video had not yet been invented, and indeed television was in its fledgling form in terms of promoting bands and singers. Of course, most people had a radio in their home, so it was only natural that artists would seek out opportunities to engage new audiences through this medium. Although international broadcasters such as Radio Luxembourg and pirate stations like Radio London and Radio Caroline provided a diet of popular music for a younger audience, It was the BBC, through its light programme, which exposed the Beatles to a growing teenage audience. Uh, Paul, this card from one of the boys of your old school, uh, do you know him, by the way? No, we don't know him. His name's Ronnie Yates, but, you know, I can't remember him. But he's in Lowe 5E, Liverpool Institute. Was that your class? I was in that one. Oh, yeah? I was in that one, I think, yeah. 
Anyway, Ronnie, how's the Baz, Slimy, Stinky, Fanny Nobby, Mantliff, Fanny, Pinhead. Who are they, all the masters? Uh, Weepy, yeah, you know, teachers. Thousands of them, yeah. I hope they're still there. Anyway, for Ronnie, the hippie hippie shake. Right. For goodness sake. Oh, I got the Shake, a stage favourite for many groups of the time, originally recorded by Chan Romero in 1959 and later made famous by fellow Cavern Club dwellers, the Swinging Blue Jeans. Between March 1962 and May 1965, the Beatles recorded a total of 52 shows for BBC Radio and even had two series of their own, Pop Go the Beatles and From Us to You both of which featured multiple episodes and dominated the British airwaves for the best part of 1963. Not only were these shows a vehicle for the band to peddle their own wares, they were an opportunity for the Beatles to dip into their early stage repertoire and play the songs by the artists that influenced them most as teenagers. These cover versions, all of which stem from 1963, are the focus of this episode. In the days before social media, Radio shows offered fans a rare opportunity to hear updates on news about the group, as well as how they were handling their meteoric rise to fame in the early days of Beatlemania. Do you ever get tired of being Beatles? Oh, 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 sometimes I get a bit lonely now. Oh, <laughs> rhythm blues, <laughs> No, I don't think so, really. You don't ever no. Just occasionally you get cheesed off with people writing rubbish about you, which you get often. Yeah. <laughs> I agree with that. I've had a divorce and half a dozen kids. Now, what do you... Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, doesn't, does, isn't this a big sort of drag to go around explaining to your wife that you're not divorced and all that No, sort of she thing? knows I'm not divorced because oh. I keep seeing her every day, see? <laughs> yeah, there's a point. But what about the simpler things of life, like... Uh, like riding you know, on a bus... Yeah, or going to just about any restaurant you can. Well, yeah, you name. miss those sort of things. And we go to certain ones. And we go to ones where the people there are so snobby, they're the type who pretend they don't know us, so we have a good time. Because they're Joe's pretending calf. they don't know us. Yeah, that figures. See, Joe's Cafe. Yeah. Social comment, that, you know. It is. <laughs>
Lucille. Little Richard's 1957 hit covered by the Beatles live for the BBC. Little Richard was one of Paul's favourite artists as a teenager, so it was hardly surprising that several of his songs got the Beatle treatment. Paul would revisit this particular number heavily in his post-Beatles career, both with Wings and as a solo artist. One of the most enjoyable features of the Beatles' BBC appearances was the band members reading out fan letters and requests, some of which inspired the boys to clown around even more than usual. John's got a card in his hand with a little rhyme on it. What is it? It's from the form upper third at Hemel Hempstead. Yeah. It says, Dear George, John Ringle Paul, here's hoping that you'll please us all. Our beaty song and swinging voice, we'll leave it up to you, the choice. We think you're fab and really cool, so brighten up our lives at school. Dig this. So here's Paul whistling Clarabella. didn't only cover the hits, they reveled in the glories of B-sides and obscure tracks, hence the inclusion of Clarabella, a song composed by Frank Pingatori and recorded by the Jodemars, a group made up of former members of Bill Haley and his Comets in 1956. The Beatles enjoyed, and employed, 
a wide range of musical styles, from blues and early rock and roll to jazz standards and schmaltzy movie numbers, hints of a variety of genres crept into their stage repertoire and eventually into their songwriting and studio recording. George and Ringo in particular were country and western fans. Rockabilly hero and Sun Records stablemate of Elvis Presley, Carl Perkins, was not only a guitar hero to George, but later became a close friend. Now, in Liverpool, these they'll be glad all over. Ain't no doubt about it, this must be love. I want a little kiss from you, and I feel glad all over. Ooh, mercy, hot dog, really silly, but I'm glad all over. Yeah, the goosebumps, baby, cause it feels so good when you come to me like you do, and I feel glad all over.
Carl Perkins gets the Beatles treatment in Glad All Over, and the song which was originally the 1957 single's B-side, Lend Me Your Comb. The BBC had studios in Portland Place and Maidervale in London, a convenient location for the group which had recently moved to the capital to be near Abbey Road Studios in St John's Wood. It was only a short trip to the Beeb in order to pre-record their radio shows. As seasoned live performers, the band were able to knock out enormous quantities of songs in one sitting, their record being a whopping 18 numbers in a single session. Another early influence on John was Afro-American singer Arthur Alexander. John had provided the lead vocal for the Beatles' cover of Alexander's song Anna on their debut album Please Please Me, and backed it up here at the BBC with yet another number, Soldier of Love. Uh, George is just coming up here with a letter in his hand. You're looking very serious about it. What is it, George? It's a letter from Cathy of Newport, Isle of Wight, who says, Paul's been to the Isle of Wight, and why haven't I? Well, I haven't got a passport, huh? And, <laughs> and she says, would you please sing a song uh, for the 5th of St. Teresa's Convent ride, Isle of Wight? So we'd like to feature John shouting, Soldiers of Love. <laughs> All right. I'm a 
Youngblood, a cover of the 1957 hit by American comedy group The Coasters. Firm favourites of the Beatles who covered several of their songs in their live act. In fact, the song's original A-side, Searchin', was recorded by the band for their failed 1962 audition at Decca Records. George Harrison maintained a soft spot for this number and revived it for his all-star concert for Bangladesh in 1971. The recording process for most of these performances was pretty basic by today's standards. The band would set up in a single studio room and perform the songs completely live to tape. Very few songs were ever treated to overdubbing of extra vocal parts or instruments. The recordings are raw, honest and a great indication of where the Beatles were at before Beatlemania truly took hold of Britain and then the world. was a, a little Richard number that uh, the boys rather like and I uh, hope you liked it. Oh, my soul. And oh, my arms. We've, we've just flown into Manchester here from London to uh, record this show. Well, it's, uh, 
It's good to see you again, fellas, in these uh, foreign parts. How are you? Very well, thank you. Oh, great. Uh, well, what are yeah. you doing at the moment, by the way? Uh, we're playing in Liverpool at the moment. We've never been there for months, you see, so... <laughs> it's good to be back. Anybody yeah, over there like a request that you can do right now? Well, we'll do a request for everybody. Yeah. Good. What do you suggest? Uh, don't ever change one of the oldies. <laughs> You never wear a stitch of lace Your powder's never on your face You're always wearing jeans Except on Sunday So please don't ever change Now don't you ever change I kinda like you just the way you are You don't know the latest dance Don't Ever Change, a song penned by Jerry Goffin and Carol King and was a minor hit for the crickets in 1961. This recording features a Beatles rarity, lead vocal harmonies shared by Paul and George. It's no secret that the Everly Brothers heavily influenced John and Paul's vocal harmonies as well as their songwriting. Although the Beatles never officially recorded or released an Everly Brothers song, as they did with many of their other idols, the Everleys were never far from the Beatles in terms of their unique vocal style. They say that everyone wants
No One Loves Me. It must have been a great honour for the Beatles to share the star billing with the Everly Brothers in the Saturday Club fifth birthday special, recorded in September 1963. It's a minor miracle that we have any of these recordings at all. The BBC at this time did not archive their tape collection, and they often erased and reused the tapes for future recordings. So most of the surviving collection including those tracks officially released by EMI in recent years, have been completely sourced from bootlegs and fan recordings of varying quality. What is undisputed is that we now have a fascinating and entertaining insight into the songs and the artists which made the Beatles tick. Well, that's it for this episode. As we've only scratched the surface of the Beatles' BBC recordings, Next time, we'll explore some of the more obscure BBC cover versions. Until next time. Cause it's-